unlike Jeff, whose compassion is lacking and tells them to jump back in the water and swim swim out to <laughs> wherever that is. I don't know how far they have I to know. go. But, and Carla, oh, they're like, oh, yeah. man, Jeff, like, you're... these guys a boat. Come yeah. on. Come on, yeah. Jeff. survivor at home the podcast my name is jordan i'm here alongside my co-host andrew and andrew we have an exciting one this is survivor 43 episode 11 hiding in plain sight but first andrew how's it going how are you feeling about the episode i'm feeling really good i think this is my favorite one of the whole season honestly i'm really riding the high great challenge great tribal yeah it was amazing my favorite one so far Absolutely. We have, we were just talking about it before hitting record here. We have so much to talk about, but first let's welcome in our special guest. Second time on the podcast survivor at home season four competitor and welcome in Tori. How are you today, Tori? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me again. It's good to be back. It's good to have you on Tori. And we did talk a little bit last time about your survivor uh, history, but since playing Survivor at Home last time, you've heard probably the news by now that Survivor at Home Season 5 is coming this January 27th and 28th. And we got to ask, is anyone in your household interested in applying? <laughs> Have you told your friends? Can we expect anyone from the uh, Guelph region to apply again? Yeah, you know, I feel like right now we're just kind of in like a crazy phase of life that things are, we got back to work, Reno going, we got a puppy, we got three kids at home. So things are crazy. And I feel like I'm overwhelmed, but I'm just like, ah, I can't give it up. So I'm pushing to, I feel like Dev should play. My husband is Devin and I feel like if he played, he would have a blast. So I, I, every once in a while ask him like, Hey, like, what do you think? I think you'd be really good at it. You'd have fun. And he's so cocky. He's like, oh, I can't play because like no one would stand a chance. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) big talker. Now you have to play. So I'm trying to push for that. And I would love to be a fly on the wall to watch, but we will see. I love that. The good thing about Survivor at home is you literally can be a fly on the wall. At least in the last couple of seasons that uh, Andrew has launched, you can just be a fly on the wall. I've done that a couple of times after having played a couple of times. Tori, I did want to say, if do you remember your comment last year when the event was done and the craziness of the weekend, we were exhausted and yet it was so fun. But do you remember what you said? Um, I remember at that point in time thinking that Survivor at Home was something that gave me sort of like a different outlet to do something that didn't keep me in the mom role. You know, like I, I was on maternity leave at the time, three little kids at home, and I felt like you just get in this and COVID, like all of that stuff going on. You just kind of feel like you're, I was just a mom all the time. So survivor at home was like such a refreshing break for me. Cause it just felt like, yeah, I got to escape that and like meet new people. When do you meet new people? Except like if I'm at, I don't know, some like toddler drop in or something like that, <laughs> which is great. It's great to meet new people there, but I don't know. It was nice to have just diversity, different people joining together. And I felt like I hadn't been a part of that in a while. So that was like, yeah, it was a real positive for me. Amazing. Well, we loved having you on. You played a very strong game coming out of the gate mm-hmm. as a first-time competitor. And yes, we'd love for you guys to consider signing up. For all of you who are listening at home, shoveling the snow, going for a walk with your dog, whatever you're doing right now, we'd encourage you to go to SurvivorAtHome.com. Look at the Apply section. Season 5 coming January 27, 28. As Tori said, it's a weekend for yourself. It's good to make time for fun. 
Life is busy. It's December 1st today when we're recording. How did that wow. happen? Christmas this month is crazy. We hope in the midst of the Christmas season, you find some peace and moments yeah, to really reflect on what it's all about. But it is chaotic. And then January hits. And to take away a couple of days for yourself is pretty important. It really is. And it's a lot of fun. So SurvivorAtHome.com, encourage you to sign up. And that's all I have to say for that. Fantastic. Sign up for Survivor at Home. So let's get into this episode here, Andrew and Tori. And the first thing we have is we head back to camp. Noel's been voted out. Just to recap on last episode, how often do we see it where the star of the episode, for a lot of good reasons, ends up getting voted out? Oftentimes, you'll see someone who's the most presented in an episode, but then they make some key mistakes along the way and get voted out. But it felt like Noel from her uh, challenge to being highlighted on some strategy things really was a bit of a star last episode. And we had nothing but almost nothing but glowing things to say. And yet at the end of the day, she was the one voted out and definitely a fan favorite, super inspiring the whole way through. If anyone, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and right away the, the cold open, as we like to call it, um, is London Steve with an awesome monologue about how inspirational Noel was specifically with the challenge last week, but it also just extenuates to her, her experience and our experience watching her on Survivor. So um, a bit of a tough one, but at the same time, that's the way the game goes. You got to vote out someone who could win. And there are many reasons why Noel likely could have won this season. And she's not going to, cause she got voted out for all those good reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tori, what's your take on Noel's game as before we move on here to this episode? Oh yeah. Like just, unbelievable like I think that's why she went right like it was just like no one wants to sit next to her just her story was so inspiring that fight like I remember as that challenge was going on I was like if she wins this there how many times have we watched challenges where you're like you can't write them off like it ain't over till it's over right and Mm -hmm. for her she just kept digging and so yeah I me and Deb were both in tears we literally just had tears rolling down our cheeks just like so inspiring so it's a shame that she got voted off but I as a competitor like I totally understand why the target was on her because she was awesome (laughs) uh so the first bit of learning we get in this episode Sammy and Owen were outside the vote Owen has been outside of every single vote since Mariah, which I'm pretty confident was his first vote of the uh, of the game. And ever since then, going from the first vote that he was part of to now uh, the final eight vote, which was Noel's vote out, he's been on the outside of every vote he's been a part of. That's not a reassuring way to have success in Survivor, to not to make it look like you don't know what's going on or no one is telling you what's going on for whatever reason and then we also get those sammy trying to lie about and not doing a very good job we all knew he was lying because the confessional told us that 10 seconds before but he the part of a we need jesse to give us some lessons on how to tell a convincing lie in survivor because sammy could use use a lesson there on that um he actually did write down carla's name but he was trying to lie and get out of that and then eventually kind of has to come clean on that just a couple of funny notes from there gabler finding out about where the vote is going to go against noel it felt pretty i don't know if it was straightforward last vote wasn't straightforward but um it felt the majority did go for noel but learning kind of these intricacies of who was left out who found out at the last uh the last second and then gabler pulls aside owen and this was pick up on this conversation between gabler and owen gabler super energetic hyped up 
here's how we go. To, let's go to the final three. I've got a plan. Did we ever get any insight into his plan on getting them to the final three? I don't think so. I think he's trying to throw Owen a bone here. But yeah, I felt bad for Owen. He throws his bag down in the sand. Like that was some extended yeah. after the vote time. Usually it's a quick conversation. There was a lot happening there. And he's, he, what did he say? He's like, this just, it's not fun. Like he's on the outs every yeah. single vote. He made the comparison to Charlie Brown and like Linus or uh, sorry, Lucy oh. taking the football away but it's like actually it's the whole the whole crew of them represent those characters they're all against yeah. me and that's that man i can't you guys have played in these online reality games but i can't imagine being on the outs for one vote two votes maybe but vote after vote after vote after vote mm-hmm. like that would just be devastating and he's smart because he's looking ahead being like i i'm not gonna win i think he said that to gabler yeah, yeah. that's a, that's exactly what i was getting at is gabler's so excited let's go to the final three you and i and no one's just like yeah, but you're going to beat me, which at this point, Owen knows anyone else is going to beat him. That, <laughs> at like, this that's... point, I'm like wondering if he can even come back. Like, that's the thing that's so sad is like, I think that Owen seems like a really nice guy. Um, and it seems like he's not really butting heads with people. He's just on the outs. And so I'm like, oh, it sucks that you, the longer this goes on, the more I'm just, I'm also losing hope and I don't want him to lose hope. It's not like, like, it makes yeah. you wonder what causes a situation like this where, Owen's always left outside the vote. We saw it last season in Romeo, always outside the vote. Winners at war, Michelle was so often outside the vote. Like these players, they can make it through. They get uh, this survivor goat in sports. We call the goat usually greatest of all time. But in survivor, the goat is someone who just gets kind of dragged, seemingly dragged along or doesn't get voted out, but is not really included in, in anything. What causes that to happen to a player? I, I, I really couldn't answer that question. I, I feel bad for him. And that's why I said last week and some of these players have to make a big swing for the fence. If you know that you're down and out, why why go to the end and not win, right? He's got to make a big play. And even this episode, as we'll get to, I was like, no one targeted Jesse or Cody again. Like, I don't understand why no one's doing that. And oh, and I guess when you're in it, I'm sure there are conversations they're not showing us, but maybe it's just really that hard to feel when you're that down that you can make a big play. But you have to do something. Owen right now will get zero votes and will be yeah. one of the worst all-time finalists. He will be the go, even though like sometimes someone gets brought along to the end and you're like, oh, they they're not a strategic player. They weren't even like like a Ryan, even who would have got to the end and people said he was just there for the ride. Owen wanted to play. Like he kept trying. I think of Brenna and Survivor at Home season one, right? Just where it felt like she could never get back from some things mm-hmm. that had happened and never take control of her own game. The game was just kind of happening to her that would be frustrating and and kudos to her for coming back again this last season of survivor at home and and rewriting her story so i'm sure a player like owen watching it back is hoping maybe i could get on another season which we said on the show right we've said how cool would it be to bring the same people back that's why survivor at home is so great even if there's many returning people mm-hmm. like there's a new script every time there's a new story to be told yeah mm-hmm. different alliances form owen's that player i think last week we were Andrew, you were talking about maybe someone like Cassidy or Carla. They're each other's, it's interesting, it comes up in this episode, but they're each other's number one ally and one should go for the other. And I think London, Steve and I last week were kind of pushing against it. Like, no, is that really your biggest fish to fry in this situation? Well, for Owen, I completely apply that theory to Owen. Uh, he has to try to go out, even if he strikes out and gets voted out mm-hmm. for it. He's got to try and do something because at this point in the game, he's just, he's got no 
momentum, nothing going his way. He's not even voting right for the most part. This episode he does, but outside of that, he's not even voting correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have no kind of story, nothing to tell people at the end that other than, oh, I made it here. A jury's yeah. not going to love the story of just, oh, you made it there and I didn't, but nothing else happened. That's not the way it goes. Yeah, he's waiting for the information to come to him and he needs to be, yeah, like mm. rocking the boat a little bit, right? So mm. uh, the next morning we pick up, you know, Sammy is getting a bit more airtime air and that's always the Survivor fan watching uh -oh. saying, uh oh, uh -oh. This, is, this is not good for Sammy. He's getting his final tribute. And Steph made a funny comment like, what do you do with someone like Sammy who's young and really hasn't had too many crazy experiences in his life? So his testimony versus some of these other players, yeah. it's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, I don't listen to my mom, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know what? Kudos to him because they're trying. I, I still liked it. I still liked, honestly, yeah. that he's still telling a bit of his story and trying to process that as a young man. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's your story is one thing. It's what you do when you're on the game, regardless that that's what matters. And he has played a fantastic yeah. game. But he still gave a great life lesson in he realizes that so many times he fails to even try yeah. and people have such he he lives down expectations when he fails to try to do something because people believe in him yeah. um i liked uh, that that he didn't say like he wasn't afraid to fail failing is fine it was the failing to try which was mm -hmm. so powerful yeah, yeah. exactly which we've talked about this before how even applying for something like survivor or pushing yourself to do something that is out of your comfort zone and even uh, a weekend like the survivor at home event people do say like i don't know it, it, like that's a little nerve-wracking and there's a similar one that our friend kel runs Stu, who's been on the podcast and survivor at home season four as well he runs one in the summer and even to like consider applying for those my default is like i don't i don't know like that's it's intimidating but for you guys like kudos to you you this random event you heard about and you applied and throw yourself into that but there's something to be said for that idea of just going for it too and mm -hmm. showing yourself that you can do it. So I, I liked seeing, I like what he had to say. And Sammy obviously is still scrapping. He's going to try. He does get in this conversation with Carla, trying to make up a bit of a story about how they're gunning for each other. And this understandably gets Carla freaking out a little bit, right? She's saying, okay, Cassidy, I'm the one that, you know, I, I stupidly told her about my idol. But I, when I, I wanted to but, pause on that, because didn't didn't everyone know about the idol at this point? So the line we got was from Jesse, I think two episodes ago, that everyone assumes Carla has an idol, mm -hmm. is, is what he said in regards to that. So I don't know exactly where it got communicated out. Cassidy in this episode just kind of quietly says, yeah, let's keep that a secret, keep it a secret. But it is out there. I think because someone found out that Carla was looking for the beats right. and those who have the idol or saw how the idol worked knew that it was to do with the beads. So if she was asking for the beads on the um, blue tribe, then, then people would start to know that she's got the idol. And Jesse, who was a part of Cody getting the idol uh, on Vessi knows that, uh, that it's all about the beads. So, I think that it kind of comes out in that way. It's a really hard thing to keep quiet because it's such a out there plan. If someone makes an offhanded comment of, oh, I really like that bead. I wish I had it, but Car I traded it with Carla. Well, if I know what the beads do, I, I, my, the wheels have to be turning in my mind, right? Yeah. On that. So it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a hard one to keep quiet just because of that. But yeah. she hasn't told anybody. 
Yeah. I was going to say, Carla hasn't connected the dots. Is that correct? Like, she doesn't know that everyone else is assuming that she has it. Is yeah, that? exactly. I don't know. Okay, how yeah. does she not know that? She's a smart player. Yeah. Does she so, know that the other, does she know that the other idols were the same thing? I feel like someone on her, that you, must But have... you should, though. In her position, though, right. like to, to backtrack on that, you should because you watched 41, you watched the early part of 42, and the idols were all connected in right. those ones as well it's a different connection that they use this time around but it's still the same idea of you've got to do a similar thing or the same thing mm -hmm. like there's three out there the there's yeah. three out there and they all require the same task same task yeah. but right? if she's not aware she's going to pin that to cassidy then so it's not going to bode well for cassidy right like if yeah. she thinks that the only person i told is cassidy and now everyone knows i have an idol hmm how did that information get out well, and as much as we want to pin kind of her paranoia around Cassidy from Sammy, really everything Carla's talking about Cassidy is not what Sammy's saying. She's a little thrown off by Sammy saying that Cassidy wants to make a move on, on her, but really she told Cassidy about her idol. Um, and she's her closest ally, but she's also a big threat. Like those are kind of the reasons why she might need to get her out as opposed to not trusting. She doesn't really talk about the not trusting. It comes up a little bit, but it's more about her saying, maybe maybe that is an idea to do, and here's why I think I may or may not need to do it. And eventually, she's the one that pushes Cassidy, Cassidy's name later on anyways. Mm -hmm. Kudos to Cassidy, though. Like she's, I don't know if she caught Sammy talking to her or just said it. Like We need to get ahead of players like Sammy who are going to try and divide us. And makes her pitch almost to to Carla. Carla first reminding her, yeah, remember it's a big deal. Like I I shared something with you, right? The secret about the idol, uh, and then Cassidy says this line that you know I I really want to see two girls in the finale, and I, I don't know if it's the editing, but there was a long, long delay. Yeah, and that conversation was unfortunate. Like it's too bad that that conversation didn't happen before Sammy and Carla's conversation because I'd be a little skeptical of that. Like, well, hang on, did you know about what Sammy's saying about you? Is this just like trying to cover up your tracks? Whereas if that conversation had happened prior, maybe Carly Carla would have had a little bit more faith in Cassidy. I don't know. Mm, yeah, all Carla gave in response after the long pause was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's like, convincing not everyone would know this but sometimes jordan will share a good thought and then he caught london steve and i he caught i think kel or someone else too kel and we and just Scott. weren't we weren't paying attention and then there was a pause and then we looked up uh, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I go back in the editing i go back in the editing and take some of that out so that it looks like we're we're paying attention to jordan all the time but... or or you take that thought put it in the beginning of the podcast before the intro that's song right <laughs> the soft open so everyone can hear it it is funny though to just like i don't know everyone listening if you've been on a podcast or even run your own podcast before but thank you for listening you'll know in the, in the course of an hour and 15 an hour and 30 sometimes you just your brain does just go blank and it's hilarious to see i should put together some of the bloopers at some point just <laughs> the gaps that i have or the things that we say remember a few weeks ago i said the girls were twerking or something instead what? of having like a so did you catch that tori on i oh. heard well i think you recapped it i missed the episode where you actually said it but then i think there was a follow-up that you were talking yeah about. it was embarrassing but just like a, a word slip and anyway <laughs> Oh, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, whatever it is with Carla and Cassidy, clearly this other power duo is not as solid as they once were. And we're going to see, obviously, in the coming weeks what's going to happen. Uh, I think six days left to go, not even. So, yes, that's exactly what they said. Six days yeah. left um, in the next 
intro where they're at where they're at dawn sunrise right yeah and the boat's incoming um gives them a note there's an advantage and you see everyone stand there for a second like (laughs) are we gonna go and then what i thought was the indicator was cassidy did a little head turn and then boom they all just scattered right on right on that moment and everyone goes running and you see jesse and cody run together everyone else seems to run in semi-individuals a little bit of grouping here and there um see i would have gone i would have taken off run 40 meters and come back and looked at the clue and seeing if like maybe that's a a poem or like the every first word of the line said gave a hint it may have and they just didn't show up but i would i would go right back and check it what i did like about the the editing here in the show here was they just planted a cameraman or camera person whoever it was right at the clue and said here we're just gonna put a camera here and clearly it was in some sort of main pathway because at some point almost everybody passed this camera and got shown as walking (laughs) right past and i love it because they're all looking high and low which is great if the clue was high or low but it wasn't it was (laughs) high level (laughs) no one no one saw it it was almost the same color as the tree yeah but it's attention to detail is such a huge thing and the long list of people cassidy's close by i think gabler walks by sammy walks by it oh gabler's search tactic (laughs) yeah from vietnam okay so here's my take on it he he says the long range what is it tori the long range reconnaissance control i think that's what it was i think that's it yeah from vietnam what so sorry i cut you off clarify what it was and then i'll share my own idea for what what should be done I can't remember what he called it. There was some abbreviation. I think you're, yeah, you were on the right track. I just was like, I would have been frustrated unless I was in the back of the line. Who was in the back? I think it was Jesse, because then at least if someone else passes it, you could maybe be stealth about getting it. But if you're like one of the people with someone behind you, you either have to circle back later and hope that no one else sees it. But I don't know. It's just too much pressure. Like, do I hide it? Do I not hide it? Do I grab that? I, I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't enjoy it. We've seen that a few times, like when they're at the well and they see the clue it's like, yes. uh, okay, what do we do here? But yeah. so mine, mine is uh, my, my acronym WTC. I've called it watch the cameras. Cause I, this is like my running theory from past seasons. You You do see these cameras just sitting there. Pan, or like sometimes they're just panning right at the idol. Now, another question I want to ask Jeff, how many cameras on a given day, especially in a moment like that are out there? Like if yes. there's 20 cameras or more, I get it that you would not suspect it, but every season you'll have this shot where someone's walking by and the camera like turns and pans right to the idol. Yeah. There it is. And I would just, if I were playing, I would make an effort to watch for any suspicious camera people. Right. Yeah. So, because that was right there. You're right, they, Jordan. They just passed by frequently. And then I think it was Sammy. They A couple came close, but Sammy literally was like walking right beside it. Looked, yeah. I thought he looked at it. Yeah. And then walked away. And then you have Cody who is leaning on the tree, reaches around the tree, walks up to the tree, looks almost at the clue. It looks like looks down. And then you see his eyes work back up as he's talking to Gabler, who's on the other side of the tree. And then all of a sudden he just has his little like, oh, he he saw it and he played it. He played it pretty cool. He did. His it, eyes did. didn't go big. Like I would have freaked out. They didn't go big. He played it really cool and he realized it's right here. It's right here. Yeah. And I can hear Andrew screaming, yes, 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 as he <laughs> does not tell Gabler at all that he has yes. found this clue, not even giving any sort of hint, waits for Gabler to walk by. 
covers it with his hand, puts it down, whatever he did to sneak it out. But no one knew that he had found it. And I, I just knew Andrew was cheering in that moment that ultimately it becomes a very public advantage. So that didn't really matter that much. Yeah. But I loved his, yeah, baby. Like, yeah. Under his like breath walks up to the camera. So whisk- <laughs> he's, too, he's too funny. I he like is good. Did- he grows on you as you go through the season. Oh, yeah. and you're like, who yeah. is this guy? What's he about? This weird. But he just- I was not rooting for him at the beginning. And the longer this season goes on, the more I'm like, oh, Cody. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, yeah. he's a great player. Uh, you guys in Survivor at Home, you found idols, both of you, right? Or advantages? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is there, I can't imagine the feeling. Tell us about it, of how you uh, find this and you come back on screen even. And you must feel like everyone is seeing right through you, like you're naked okay. at the airport. Like, is that the feeling of <laughs> finding an advantage or an idol? Yes, yes, absolutely. You're just you're because you get in Survivor at home, you get told that you you have to put in a guess or put in some sort of submission and you get told if you found it or if there was nothing found or whatever it is. And you just you see that like, congrats, or you found this or whatever it is. And you're like, okay, okay. But then there's the hashtag Katie Ironside idol um, anxiety, and you don't know what to do with it now. When do I play it? like how long can i hold it for am i just gonna panic play it which we all do or not all do but a lot of us do panic play it um there's the idle anxiety but you you get it and you're just like super excited because okay free ticket all right i I, i've got some extra security here yeah i didn't get much of the idle anxiety because mine i got at the exact right time like i knew i was on the outs i knew my name was going to get brought forward and then it was like moments before tribal i got that email um, so for me, it was just like no thought, like I have to play it now. And it, it came in clutch. <laughs> yeah. You saved yourself if I remember correctly, but just that feeling of, um, even just finding it and thinking, oh, people must know, like, am I giving a tell or something? But yeah, Cody just plays it so smoothly. And he even has his little talk to the camera. Like, I wish I could cheer right now, but good for him. <laughs> he keeps it close to his chest and he opens so- it and, uh, I really like this advantage, although some might say it's a little too powerful. But just as a recap, it says that if you you got to know your tribe mates well. So we're going to have this next challenge. They actually tell them about what the challenge is, which doesn't always happen. Sometimes they'll give a little hint, but we see obviously what's coming up. And then he has to pick a name, someone he thinks might win. And so that even if he doesn't win, he'll still get immunity if that person he selects wins the challenge. And he's pretty ecstatic. This is like a perfect scenario, isn't it, for... Cody, he loves the water. He, I think he said he like he lives in the water in Hawaii, and not everyone is going to be uncomfortable. And now he's got this extra vote to save himself as well. He's he's in a good place. Mm-hmm. He loves the storyline of him. He, he's in he's in Hawaii. Loves to surf until Carla calls him out and says, "Aren't you from like Idaho? And you you were born yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, there? I remember that. Love to surf, but he lives <laughs> in Hawaii. Yeah, loves the water. Loves to surf. So he's in his comfort zone. It's a great spot to be in where." If you don't win, you just have to guess who does win, which isn't necessarily easy because it's it'd probably be hard to predict. But at the same time, it's a second chance. I, like, I love that. Yeah. I just just to say, yeah. I think we might see an appearance of this at some point in a Survivor at Home season, something like that. Just oh. a little bit, of, a little bit of uh, betting. You know, this is an advantage to those that listen no to the podcast. Free but, hints. No free hints. No free hints on the podcast. But just getting to, to pick who you know, be observant of your your competitors and yeah. and getting an idea of how they're likely going to play so yeah it was cool to see but did you i gotta ask do you think it is too powerful because take this scenario say he picks carla or no carla one say he picks cassidy cassidy doesn't win he can still 
bluff his way. And if I'm on the tribe, I'm I'm not going to risk voting for that because they're not going to reveal it. So it's almost a guarantee of safety. Anyway, now obviously you never know what's going to happen in a tribal to have actual immunity is way better, of course. But I just thought that's that is a lot of power just by how, having that advantage. Yeah, but how see, does that potentially affect you if you are bluffing your let's say he did pick a Jesse and you are bluffing your way? Because the the your vote or your pick gets revealed at the end. How does that negatively affect you going forward? Or is it the mindset, I made it, I'm through, I got through the vote, it doesn't matter. I think at this point you just gotta you got to bluff your way and, and maybe you deal with the consequences later. But when you're down to this many people, I, I would be doing that. I also think that like he had like in terms of this advantage being too much because of the whole search party that went on before, like he earned it. Like if that had have been just an immunity idol itself, I feel like he earned it. Everyone mm-hmm. had just as much of a chance to find it and he did. So I don't know. I don't think it was too much. Would it, I mean, would it maybe be better if this was at nine people left or 10 people left rather than seven? Because as it plays out in this episode, I mean, you could have had, so you have two people who end up winning. We'll get to it in a second, but two people end up winning immunity because of the way the challenge is structured. Then you have this person who's safe. There's three idols out there. That's a total of six people. So in a weird situation, you could run into having five people safe, four people safe, six in a really, well, I, I bet you five are safe then the, the last idol gets played as well. And there's six people safe. Like you could have that type of a situation forced. Now, would they've anticipated that two people win the challenge? Probably not mm-hmm. um, at that point, but it just creates that a lot of people safe. If you do it earlier, then you don't run that risk as much. I like that option because so often in Survivor, I feel like these like strong competitors get voted out because they're a threat, right? And so they're all gone. So I like the option of letting people earn these rewards and having a ton of them because you earned them and like getting past that like awkward phase of, okay, this is when everyone's voting threats out and let's get some real competitors lasting a little bit longer because it's so hard for them to get past that hurdle. Mm -hmm. So throwing in a a week where it's like, no, we're going to let some of these strong contenders get through. I, I like that. Yeah, Cody, I mean, maybe he would have been named otherwise. But again, I think because even the knowledge of what that advantage was, no one was even going to throw his name out there. Why risk your vote at seven when two other people are already for sure safe and it could come back? Go with a certain vote is what I'm saying. Yeah. If so you I don't guess know. the other option is why does Jeff have to make it public, right? Why Why is that advantage not just... Cody yeah, it would, gets... be less, it would be less powerful. Oh, You're it right. would be less powerful, but it still doesn't change because he could still be safe. So... Like you start to play it out in this situation where Cody gets the advantage, never Jeff never shares it publicly. Mm. And then at tribal council, after the votes are cast before they're read, does anyone have any idols or advantages they want to play? Hey, Jeff, yep, I had this I at the challenge. As you know, I had to guess who, who would win it if I didn't win it. And I guess, you know, I, I put my guess in. Here's the paper. And it's Owen. And so I'm safe. They definitely could have gone that route as well. Right? It's more like an idol in that regard. Yeah. Because you're right. Yeah. The like outward knowledge of it becomes <laughs> becomes knowledge is power. Right. Um, and having everyone know that there's a good shot that you're going to guess. right. We even have a confessional from Jess. Uh, is it Jesse or Sammy who says, I'm pretty sure that Cody guessed right. Yeah. Sammy was. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. 
it would have been interesting too, just to leave it up to like Cody to decide, like, if you're not going to tell everyone publicly, like if Jeff's not going to announce that, then maybe not necessarily forcing him to keep that secret until tribal, but you could maybe reveal some of that information if it's mm. going to play to your advantage, right? And kind of right. leaving it up to that person who has the advantage mm. to to play it in a strategic way could be interesting too. Yeah. I love it. I just love that there's people whose job it is to sit like we're doing now and ponder and come up with fun ideas of twists and advantages and challenge. Yeah. That's amazing. How do we get yeah. that job? How do we Oh, give me give me that job. Yeah. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. But let's let's get to this incredible survivor oh. throwback retro classic whatever you want to call it challenge the old school survivor ancient voices the soundtrack is playing uh this was uh, it was amazing and it kept going and it should have it was so entertaining uh but before we even do that i, I have a question here from the audience for you this was a classic survivor challenge which mm -hmm. classic survivor challenge would you most like to see or would you do best in so i'm going to name four so we'll take this challenge Challenge number two, standing on a perch in water. Challenge number three, the food eating. Or challenge number four, going back to season number one, your hand on the idol. Last one to take their hand off wins immunity. Oh my gosh. Like, um, so which one would we choose to? to yeah, commit? what would be, what would you win? What would you have the best chance of winning out of those four challenges? Oh, geez. Underwater, standing on a perch in the water, just standing there for last person standing eating that gross food or your hand on an idol last one to take it off wins immunity oh man okay <laughs> so i'm going over a process of elimination here food no i would lose at food 100 i know i know that i would i would gag i'd throw up i do no that wouldn't work for me standing <laughs> on the perch one of those challenges is better for someone with a little bit of a lower um center of gravity like generally you see someone who's a little more lean and smaller. Uh, it's a little easier for them to keep their balance on something like that. So I think I'd struggle on that. I'm not convinced that I'd win the water and the gate challenge, but I'm very comfortable in water and it would probably give me my best chance because the idle one, I don't know that I'd want to have the patience to just hold my hand for what was it? 18 hours. They did that for us. I don't like know. That? I don't, it that was, was uh, Rudy and uh, Richard, right. That were, yeah. And I guess who would have been the third? Kelly Wigglesworth would have been in there as well. No, season one. Yeah. Is that her name? Someone got, yeah. someone's got to look at it. Here, you guys yeah, keep Kelly, chatting. Kelly Wigglesworth. Okay, you go ahead, Tori. Give us your answer and I can look okay. it up. I mean, for me too, like food right away is off the table. I don't know how people do that. That's just awful. The hand on the idol one would drive me crazy that I feel like I'd be like, okay, just make it harder. So we get people out sooner. Cause that would, that's too much. So it comes down to the water or the standing on the perch. And I don't know, like, I think back in the day when I was like, I don't know, more doing my lifeguard thing, I feel like I might've been maybe into the water thing, but that it's funny. Cause like, I, I feel like I'm comfortable in the water. But that, like, I think would induce panic for me. Like, that whole feeling of being trapped underwater. Like, no, I just think, I don't think I'd be able to keep my composure like Owen and Carla did to just, like, stay calm and just kind of take your breaths as you can. So I think I'd do the stand on a perch. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Jordan. I'm this... looking up here just to validate you for all Thank the you. world to hear. It is, in fact, Kelly Wigglesworth. The, the other thing about this challenge that makes it so difficult with the swells of water coming in, you don't know mm -hmm. when it's going to end, 
Right. Right. You can't see it because the way your head is positioned underneath the gate, you can't see it. You can only feel the water go up and down and you don't know when the next one is going to come. That was stressing me out. And I'm someone, Tori, you alluded to like doing lifeguarding. I've done that as well. And so I'm someone who's very, very comfortable in water, no matter open water, pool, like whatever water I'm, I'm comfortable in water. And yet that was stressing me out. Oh yeah. Because you just, you know, you don't know when your next breath is going to come. If you're swimming and you dive down deep or you go under something and come back up, you have a general sense of like, you ever, you ever go deep into the water and then you're coming up and you know, you have to get air right away. And so you're swimming up as fast as you can, but you know where the break is, you know, when that's coming. And in this game, you don't, you're stuck underneath Mm -hmm. a cage. Yeah. Literally just trying, feeling like you're drowning. So it's, it's very much a mental game and you don't even know when to like, again, in water, if you're going to take a deep dive, you're going to take a big breath before you go down. Yeah. So you can have that extra air. You don't know when you need to take that extra big breath in this one. You're just literally getting air as you can keep your heart rate down. You know, who would be good at this? Anyone, people who do athletes who do biathlon, I think would be great at this because they can keep their heart rate so low, control mm-hmm. their breathing um, I wonder if someone like that would be focused in to do, to do a challenge like this. Cody's fight, like when he was getting out, I was like, wow, he's really giving it his all. But that was really difficult to watch. Like him kind of being under and like, are you going to try to get up for a breath? I think he at one point reached to see if the water was cleared so he could get a breath. I can't imagine that torture of just trying so hard to fight through it and you cannot do it yeah it that that was crazy like makes a little straw with his hands like just trying to suck it he actually got a bit but then another swell came and just Mm. that was game over but it's a mental like when i was up at nbc there tori at summit college we did um white water kayaking and one of the first things they taught us is actually just your mental game so they would just tip us over in not in moving water just in still water but tip you over in the kayak with a skirt on and say just stay here as long as you can <gasps> like okay and then tap it and then someone would flip you up and then eventually you learn how to roll yourself out but it's that mental game because when you're and then you would go to the gull river there up in uh, Halliburton here in ontario and go down and you would you would you'd be going in white water and then you'd like hit a rock and you'd flip you would set and then like w- it's like wishing around washing around you and you're like it's the mental game it's like okay i got this i don't need to panic get myself back up so you could do that but i think even that is not as difficult as this challenge because as you're alluding to jordan like just to not know when it ends to not be able to see it ending but even yeah when it's coming because you're not looking you're looking straight in the air so like what's the strategy for breathing like you can't just be breathing normally because if you get caught suddenly with a swell of water that you don't see that's gonna knock you out right away so maybe you're almost even doing frequent deep breaths like And it's harder to compare too, where like how many people are left? Are they aware of that? Like, I know they can hear Jeff at some point, but when you're in those like moments of like a long swell coming, I don't know if everyone else beside me has bailed out and it's hard to hear. Whereas like the other challenges that we talked about, it's so apparent if your fight is still in it, right? Like if I'm standing on a perch, I can see who's struggling and I can see kind of where I stand in the rankings. Yeah. The only thing on that note, I didn't like, we talked about this last week, Jeff, a couple of times shouted out oh here comes another swell and carla i think is closest to him 
there's you're right there's no way everyone across the board is hearing that so that to me no, is a especially time where, with your ears being underwater yeah, the whole time when that to me is a time where you don't you don't shout that out but i get it he's in the mm-hmm. moment he's there for hours like he's marveling in yeah. what is happening and just taking it in so i understand as someone who runs these games i would <laughs> i would just be in the moment too but yeah. uh that might be taken as a little controversial but regardless this was an epic challenge and you don't yeah. even think like the water being cold the swells, just all that's on the line. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. And I think part of the strategy of this challenge to me would be get used to shallow breathing, not a lot of breathing, and you mm-hmm. can't move. That was part of Cody Cody's fight. I knew you had to know he was done because as soon as you, t- to keep success in this challenge, you got to just deal with whatever air you can get, no matter how little it is. And as mm-hmm. soon as you start to move in water where where you can't breathe, it expels that oxygen left so quickly where there was no, it was admirable for Cody to be like, let's see, I'm going to go back for it. I'm going to swim down. Then I'm going to go back for it. He he was done at that point. His, his body was, was moving around. He was spending way more oxygen than he would ever be able to take in at the height of the, of the tide there. It was admirable to, to fight it. But once he started moving, he had to have been pretty done in this challenge. I was so happy for Owen. I feel like just like given his story and stuff, like seeing him be able to take a victory, I was I was happy for him to mm. have some positivity. This yeah. is one I would love to ask these contestants. What's the breaking point? Like mm. Owen and Carla, but also Cassidy and Cody specifically. Sammy Gabler, Jesse kind of dropped out early in quotations in this challenge. It was probably super difficult for each of them when that dropped out. But I'd love to hear from Cassidy, Cody, uh, Carla and Owen, what was what was or would have been the breaking point to drop out because there was not a lot in this challenge to be able to get through. And it was it was an incredible uh, mental toughness battle. It was. And Jeff alluded to that. He said this is unprecedented. Like we've never seen people overcome the challenge, outlast the challenge in this way. And that I don't know, like it just was a perfect storm for them that because it's not. It's not even like it was like a, a little, like a, a wave pool. Or it's like you'd see the waves right in and out. There were times that they were underwater for like 20 seconds at least. Maybe more that time when Cody was trying to get back up, as you said, Tori, and reaching his hand. Like he he couldn't, yeah. it wasn't coming down. Like there was no, and, there was no gap there for him. Yeah. And like under, underwater, not just the tip of it is right there and you might yeah. be able to get something. It was just clear they were fully submerged with, three four five centimeters or, or more above them yeah in, in, crazy incredible if uh, you're um if you're listening here on spotify you can scroll down on the episode you'll see we're going to post a poll for this week which of the those classic challenges would you like to be a part of and we'd also love to hear people engage on there about just how would you feel like would you have just extreme claustrophobia in pay, taking part in this challenge or could you hang on for what is it two hours and 45 minutes uh, two hours and 20 minutes was uh, at one point, he announced that Cassidy dropped out at two hours, which even that two hours in the water. And then Jeff says this line, it, it, if this goes long enough, this water is going to peak and it's going to start to recede. Two minutes and 45, sorry, two hours and 45 minutes comes along. And Jeff says, this is a historic moment without the tide. This is just a steel grate. And for the first time in Survivor history, they end the challenge with both of these two winning immunity over a thousand challenges jeff said and we've never had players outlast a challenge like this and so a massive congratulations to carla and to owen 
both of them, by the way, now, am I right in saying their second immunity? I know Owen Owen won. Yeah, Owen won before. And I'm pretty sure, uh, sorry, I said Cassie, I said Carla and Owen um, winning. Yeah, I think Carla and Owen both won an individual immunity before in the season. So both of them getting their second, correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, And as Sammy says at the end, this is a terrifying situation because two out of, you know, the seven, but actually it's three because I'm quite sure Cody's got it, are uh, safe. And this is a pretty terrifying situation to be where you're one of four people that might be going home. Yeah, just to have so few people, few people available is going to be going to be crazy. Uh, Any final thoughts on that challenge, Tori? I just feel bad for Cassidy. She put in such a good fight. And like, I just couldn't seeing her after the challenge when she was pretty defeated. I was like, yeah, she like you said, Andrew, I think she made it to like two hours. Right. So I just couldn't imagine being like cold. You put in such a good fight. And to go that far, I just uh, I felt bad for her. There were quite a few comments at the end about how cold they were and or looked from that challenge. That water must have been. That's another part that played into it. That water must have been so cold, too. But did you notice that Owen went and checked on Cassidy? To me, like, this is what makes me so sad is I feel like Owen is just like, the cards just haven't fallen in his favor. Like, he just seems like his story was inspiring. He's like such a, he seems like a stand-up guy. And like, he was the one that walked over to Cassidy on the beach and was like, how you doing? And like, really kind of comforting her. So I'm just sad for the way that his game is unfolding for him. I mean, he's obviously won a couple of challenges, which is great, but just his social game, feel for him. Unlike Jeff, whose compassion is lacking and tells them to jump back in the water and swim swim out to <laughs> wherever that is. I don't know how far they have I to know. go. But, and Carla, oh, they're like, oh, yeah. man, Jeff, like, you're... these guys a boat. Come yeah. on. Come on. Yeah. Let's, they, you, just, you just made them try to breathe under a gate yeah. for two and a half hours, three hours, and now we're going to make them swim out. Yeah. I was yeah. even thinking about that, about the people sitting, like, once they're out. Like, they're not, they don't have a towel. It's not like you're, like, kind of going to you a just, pool at home. Yeah. You just sit in the cold. So you just and it's clearly <laughs> not super hot in the moment either. Yeah. Um, right? So, yeah. Just, hey, I'd still rather be there in Fiji than here in the snow. So, I, oh, I don't yeah, mind, yeah, yeah, I don't that's mind the, a little bit. The, oh, sorry. Was, was, were people getting the impression that I wanted to be here in the snow <laughs> rather than in Fiji right now? No, that's not, that's not I the guess case. Survivor would lose some of its appeal if we gave them towels after challenges. That's true. That's <laughs> that true. Is yeah, never earned its title. Up. Yeah, we gave them, you start giving them luxury items like yeah, towels not gonna it work. just loses its luster. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, part of, so Owen goes up to Cass and it's comforting her, but then also they start talking, this is where we get into the strategy before tribal and they start talking about wanting to vote out Sammy moving forward. And then Cass and Carla talk about Sammy's got to be the obvious vote, but then Carla goes into confessional. She doesn't like that. She told Cass about her Cassidy about her idol. And then she says, my game plan is to get my number one ally out, which is a bold strategy. And I don't know that I see the exact reason why other than it, it's a big move. Is Cassidy someone who's going to beat Carl in the end? Maybe, maybe not. But clearly she's kind of got her mind uh, start to be made up. And then Carla then goes to Sammy and having that conversation. Do you think Sammy should at all be skeptical that Carla is talking to him about taking out her number one ally? So I think with Sammy, he doesn't really have anywhere else to fall, right? So for him, he's kind of grasping at straws. He's got to got to go with that and i think because it's such a bold move like she's going after her ally there's less skepticism there but also less option whereas jesse and cody i feel like they're kind of running the show so they have the ability to be like okay i've got maybe some 
I can think this through and see like, do I believe this? Is this the best move for me? Whereas Sammy's just been so wishy-washy the whole time. He doesn't have anyone else to fall fall back on. So I, I do think that, uh, yeah, Carla does want to get rid of Cassidy. Uh, Jesse's thinking on this is interesting to me though, because as, as we're talking about, he's thinking it through. He's skeptical um, of Carla. And what is it, what is he saying about how Carla then must be building new bridges with people like Sammy, yeah. right? And that's a significant observation. He's playing it smart. And Sammy is seen as this flip-flop fire-making guy. Like, no one wants to be against him. And so, yeah, Jesse talks about this new idea. You know, let's vote out Carla. Uh, sorry, let Carla vote out Cassidy. But Sammy will be the one that we try to get out so that Carla looks bad. Yeah. And they, they specifically talk about making Carla look bad and make sure that there is an actual divide in between the two and i liked his reasoning with it of go for get sammy out because there's just a couple different reasons to get to get him out and then have carla voting for cassidy when cassidy thought they were complete allies and then carla looks one she's outside the vote in that situation two she's voted for her number one ally so guess who doesn't have a number one ally anymore Mm -hmm. and where does that leave Cassidy sitting because her number one ally just turned on her. It's a really interesting dynamic that moving forward keeps the heat off of guess who? Jesse and Cody. I know. Moving forward. So I actually really like his thinking on yeah. this plan. Um, we get to hear from Owen as well. And Owen is just simply, I just want to be right. Tell me this is actually happening. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whoever is actually getting voted out, just make sure that I know whose name it is so I can write that down. Um, and we get the confessional from Cody where he tells us he's immune. He guessed Owen. Uh, so we knew that um, Cody's immune, making three of seven uh, easy. They're moving through to the to the final six. And then... The there's a conversation again between Cody and Jesse about who's a bigger threat, Cassidy or Sammy. And just I think first thought you might go with Sammy's a bigger, at least challenge threat, but actually Cassidy's yeah. won immunity. Sammy always loses. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he, just, oftentimes... he just throws that right out there. Yeah, he just throws that. He's like, he often he always loses, and he's, he's like the first one out. out. Yeah, yeah, he's always the first one out, and you. That's he's the probably, Jordan Timpson yeah. of challenges. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I don't think I did win an individual immunity in Survivor at home, though. So it's not a completely inaccurate <laughs> statement as much yeah, as it hurts the heart. Here's the thing, though. Like, I just don't understand. That was a good strategy that Jesse's coming up with. But with, like, Sammy, why... If, if he's not that much of a threat, at what point in the game do we switch to getting the threats out? Like, that's why the question I was going to ask is, who knows about Jesse's idols? Zero. It's, right. No so one. he has Janine's, right? But, yes. And is he holding Cody's? Like, I think what? he's giving Cody's back. He's giving it back. Okay. Because then I'm confused. I'm like, if no one thinks that he has an idol and he's in cahoots with Cody to, like, from my perspective, is a huge threat... I just don't understand, like, to me, like, if Sammy makes it to the end at this point, I'm like, he's burned so many bridges, and he's just been wishy-washy this whole time. I just don't see him winning. So why even waste, like, at this point in time, how many people are left? Like, why aren't we going for these big threats? Like, take out your big threat, Cody, his left, like, his right-hand man. Why aren't we going? I don't know. This is confusing. (laughs) So as much as I, I, I said last week, they should be gunning for 
Jesse or Cody. I think if you're one of the two of them, you don't need to do that. They've made enough big moves already. They are really running a lot of the show that eventually probably one of them will get voted out. So I wouldn't be in a hurry to get well, my my partner out in that. Whereas everyone yeah. else has, they're looking up to those two and they have to target them. And as I, I don't understand why we no didn't one do is. one. And, well, and if you're going to make episode. a big idol move, make it on the last time you can play an idol. Right. That's the, what that's do you mean the by that? With it is, well, so if you're holding on to your idol right now, let's say he does make this an idol move here and maybe he plays it for Sammy to get Cassidy out in, in this type of situation or, or whatever. Now he doesn't have an idol moving into the next tribal council and everyone realizes, oh, he's now actually exposed and he's making these big moves versus if you wait until I think it's final six usually. Uh, at this point, where it's the final time to play the idol, so next I think tribal, it's five. I think it's final five. Is it five? So you, but you either way, you wait until that last one to play the idol, and that way, you just you just hold on to don't it. Don't draw the possible. attention, or yeah. you don't draw the attention. Or what if in the final five or final six, you need that idol, and you just used it to save Sammy, who ultimately isn't yourself. No, no, he doesn't. We've talked about this a lot. Like you have to build a case for the end of the pieces of the pie. So he, they already have a great story going in today. Right now, the the top picks in my my books are Cody or Jesse and Carla's right up there too as people who could win this season. So they don't need to do a lot more. So to throw an idol to save someone to make a big play is not needed. And it's stupid, as you said, Jordan. Other players in their situations might need to because they have to make a big play. They have to do something that's bold. Like maybe Carla plays her idol for um, like, if she identifies that she might be a little bit behind them, play an idol, save Sammy vote out Jesse. Boom. Right. Although I guess he would play his idol then if she did that in tribal, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's depends where you are in the rankings, which that is subjective and you have to be self-aware to, to have a sense of where you are. That's more when you would try and make a big play like that. Right. I feel like Jesse needs to make a big move and use Cody's idol against him. Like if Cody hasn't asked for his idol back, like to me, like I would be like trying to get people to vote. I don't know, like even put the target on you play, hope that that Cody doesn't ask for it back and somehow use that idol. So Cody knows that it's his. And then he has another one that no one knows about. And like, we, we don't have that many more opportunities. So he just has to win like one more challenge. Like you're getting down to the wire. So for me, like Jesse's move next needs to be to take out Cody. Cause if he goes with Cody to the end, I don't know if Jesse's going to win. I think Cody's going to win. So I, I don't know if you have, how crazy would that be? Like, I just, they're also like you start to play with the scenario of them sitting beside each other. They're also very interesting on who's going to articulate themselves. This is something you hammer home all the time on survivor at home. Andrew in the final three is mm-hmm. you have to be, you have to articulate yourself so well mm-hmm. in that final three. Um, it's, it's a challenge of its own. It's you, a challenge. You have to win own. that final challenge. Yes. And so based on confessionals, Jesse would be able to explain himself very, very well, but, Cody does a really good job of it. We learned that over the course. He's a sales guy. He know, He's very, very smart. You don't always see it because he's just a hang loose. I'm from Hawaii, <laughs> even though I was born an Idaho guy. <laughs> um, but he articulates himself also well where he gets his point across, and yet you don't really know that he was trying to get a point across in the first place. He's just being himself. 
but accomplishes his goals. So I, uh, it would make a really interesting dynamic if the two of them, that is such a, we, we, I talk about this a lot. Um, That's such a villain move. If he does something like that to Cody, but it's also at the point in time where it's kind of like a Ricard and Shan thing. Like you guys got each other to this point. And at what point do you turn? Like you both can't win. And it's not, I don't know. I think it's the time. I think the time in the game is next for Jesse to make a big move. And I am, baffled that cody hasn't asked for that back because well, if you want to see that this is coming yeah and if you want to talk about the external factors tony vlachos um winners at war champion talks about at the end of the day everything comes down to get the money for his family his wife and his kids and jesse has the external factors of that yeah. to kind of put just the relate the two of them have obviously built such a good mm-hmm. friendship and relationship in the game where they work together really well, but also just are genuinely friendly with each other and like get to know each other really well. But Jesse has that external factor. Does it play in? Does it not? I don't know, but we've seen it in the past play that where Cody doesn't have, we, we, Cody's talked about doesn't have that external factor in his, Mm. except for all the debt that he has remember i think he was obviously joking but at the start the very first episode (laughs) he's like i i spent half the money already so i gotta i gotta win the million like (laughs) that's why we and that's what's been so fascinating because you have this story arc and we've talked early in the season about how people are more than just one dimensional but you have you have the cody who you pigeonhole as being very much like this party guy living on the beach blowing all this money living the life and uh and then we learn over time this guy's got a lot of depth to him right it's fascinating to see and for each of the players and so he he's really really as you said tori like really grabbing people's hearts and making a strong case i think too if he gets to the end he could really argue himself i wonder if jesse will struggle against him only because jesse seems like a guy that's got to think of it a little bit more whereas cody seems a little quicker on his toes Mm. and then again carla she's very articulate too she's very composed i think she would crush it in the finale i I would love to hear what gabler would have to. i was just gonna say gabler like as quirky as he is I, i he was next in line for me i think he actually would do very well to articulate his game at the end it might come across as a little quirky but he, would, yeah, would everyone believe him or or be kind of linked to it? But he, I think he'd articulate himself well. He'd be very he's a he's a very interesting one because I don't know how his message will come across. Yeah, <laughs> we shall see. Uh, real quick, like light lightning answer before we head into tribal. Right now we're in the finale. It's Carla, it's Jesse, and it's Gabler. Who wins? Jesse. Jesse. Okay, there we go. At the same time, we both say the same thing. All right, no love for Carla Gabler either, uh, but we'll see. But let's get to tribal here. And Jeff, I love this. Jeff starts off tribal with his own analogy. Usually, he's trying to draw it out of someone else, but he comes up with one based on the challenge, the tides, the highs and the lows. And he says, "Survivor maybe is like that. You know, you got the the highs and the lows, and you just have to survive these high tides." I liked it, and I I think someone complimented. Steph looked at me and knew I was smiling, which I was like. I love seeing these analogies. And, <laughs> and I think that actually captures it well of kind of the nuanced, complex game that at any moment, like things are okay, but then there's a swell and it's, you got to be prepared. You got to be catching breath. You got to respond. You got to hang in there. And that's a great kickoff to this tribal council. But uh, Carla, yeah, identifies there that everyone is so polite, which we've said a lot on the season that everyone seems to be friends. They seem to get along really well. They're not going for each other's throat, kind of like a dance partner. 
I don't dance at all. So maybe you guys can understand that better than me, but um, still, it's still interesting. <laughs> but Owen said it's like madness, right? Like they're, even though everyone's dance partners, it's like you're swapping dance partners and there's a lot going on. And, you know, what I thought would happen last time, it didn't happen. And, and we just hear one after the other, everyone's saying that it's very much chaotic, even though we are all friends. Popcorn. Like popcorn, popcorn. Well, and Gabler talks about it being chaotic because of how many people are or potentially immune. Almost half of them, right? Three out of seven are immune, and so that plays into it of who are the actual options to vote out. Yet throughout this whole time, Jesse's name doesn't get brought up. Gabler's name doesn't get brought up. Mm -hmm. um, there was one more who was immune whose name didn't get brought up. Well, Owen and Carla were both. Owen and Carla, sorry, who wasn't immune. Oh, who wasn't? Name didn't get brought up. So there's Jesse, there's Gabler. Oh, no, I guess that's it. I guess because it's Sammy and Cassidy. So just those two who mm -hmm. aren't immune yet. They're two of four people. That's half of the people that could get voted out. And their names aren't even brought up to us at all in this episode. It's like there's no shot they're going home. Mm -hmm. Gabler and Jesse. Just in, in incredible. Um, Sammy in the spot where he's feeling like he's on the bottom and there's no, you don't get any more second chances at this point in the game. Early in the game, you can be left out of something and that's kind of your wake up call and you move forward or you barely survive a vote. Now it's like, I don't get, I don't get those second chances. If I make a mistake, I make a misstep. It's probably me going out or it's such a misstep that even though I'm still in, I, I can't win based off of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Him sharing that he was going to do a shot in the dark, I actually think was smart. Um, to You could kind of see, like, as he shared that, people were feeling uneasy about it. So I was like, oh, I think he, like, that was a good move to sort of reveal that. And, like, that one last shot of, like, maybe they'll switch gears. Like, if it is me and there's this possibility that I'm going to get saved. But he just kept talking too long. Like, then he was like, uh, he said something about... Um, I don't want to get lied to the way that I've lied to people. I'm like, dude, oh, you can't do that. Now, even if you that. are saved, like you've just, everyone knows that there's moments in Survivor where you might lie, but to say it openly. It's part of the I social like, contract. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, even if you make it now, even if you're safe, you're, you're not, <laughs> you're, yeah, I, you're going at the next one. <laughs> I actually liked it though. I liked it because it was um, Carla. You're right though, Tori. They clearly were upset Carla and Jesse you could see it like in their face went red a little oh, bit yeah. and Carla yeah. tried to say well like you know I, I he doesn't trust I guess that kind of mentality and he says like yeah I'm I, I don't know if I do trust what's going on here because you know uh, you guys have told me many things and I, I like it I like that he's like mm. defending himself throwing mm -hmm. that out there it is it's still swinging for the fence but mm -hmm. it is the kind of thing by saying that maybe one in a hundred episodes someone hears that and a live tribal starts and someone stands yeah. up and goes and whispers, okay, right. wait, let's do Cassie instead. You never know. Like I, I actually really like him going for it and, and arguing his case and defending himself. And even the jury yeah. was really nodding along and saying, good for you, Sammy. For Oh, Noel was verbally yeah. like, Sammy, go Sammy. Yes, Sammy do that. Ask that. Even he kind of caught Carla in a, um, in a bit of a slip up where she goes, well, it's unfortunate. Well, he asked what's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Good for right? him. Yeah. 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 Just to, to challenge that back as a as a final last stand stand um his vote becomes irrelevant that's the the interesting about playing your shot in the dark is now your votes irrelevant in it, it clearly in this vote it didn't matter but it's seven people so there's a clear there's going to be a clear majority yeah. assuming the vote goes to just two people so remind me what happens if 
just hypothetical. He plays the shot in the dark. He gets it. Everyone turned last minute on Cody, not knowing he had it. And oh, I guess Cody's vote. But say I'm just saying, say like the uh there was no votes cast against anyone. What would happen? Would it just be a re-vote then? I'm as, I'm assuming it would be a re-vote, but, but Cody's Sammy would be safe. Nope. Yes, yeah, Sammy would be safe yeah. in the re-vote. Cody right. is safe because he's immune. Mm-hmm. Carlos so just a revote between everyone. So just a revote. I, yeah, it just a revote between everyone. Okay, that's my understanding of it. Because I don't believe even if you get shot in the dark right and you're safe, I don't believe you cast a vote anyways. Sorry, that's what right. I mean. So say they, yeah. So he wouldn't have had a vote for anyone. So then everyone else put their vote on him, which they did. Yeah, that would have just been an interesting dynamic where yeah. there's literally not a vote that applies. And then, they'd then have it to... would have come down to Cassidy. No, yeah, Cassidy, Gabler, or Jesse. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I guess they would have gotten Cassidy at that point. But then then you would have had a live tribal. Right. Yeah, totally. It's too bad. It's too bad those shot yeah. in the dark. Like how many times have we seen it now and it hasn't worked? But you just knew it wasn't gonna happen this time either. Just I don't know. That was the vibe for, for me. But I would have loved to change the odds. Would you change them? But then like it is for no for like without doing anything, you are getting an, an advantage too. So I, I understand it. It's just unfortunate that it's, I'm sure even the production has been disappointed that it hasn't come into play even once. How many yeah. seasons now? Three times in a row. We've no. seen it three seasons and not one person has. Not one. Sorry. Is it, a, is it a one in six? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. One in six shot. And we've seen it played. I think we've seen it played more than six times or right about six times, but we're oh four. the shot in the dark has never been, successful and it'll be interesting to see how it affects the game if and when it actually is played successfully mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well again this would have been an incredible time to see it this happen. would have been really cool yeah it would have why been not really go cool. for it sammy said i don't want to like i don't want to sit idly by you have to take risks this is not the way i go i want to go out and kudos to him it's not the way he goes out he goes out swinging and uh that's the way you got to play for a 19 year old you know who's actually lied and said he's a bit older. He, he played, he in my opinion, yeah, he played a great season. Yep. Like he really, yeah. to be, yeah. when I was 19, I was not self-aware like that. I could not have explained myself on camera like that. I would have not lasted a day. And he really was, you know, people say he flip-flopped. As we saw all the season, all season long, he, he wasn't flip-flopping as much as he was trying to analyze what was going on. And it's flip-flopping, but he's thinking through it. It's a, it's an intelligent decision and he's trying to advance his game. So conspiracy theory, maybe he's actually 22 and is lying to the audience and the camera that he's 19. (laughs) I guess you could say whatever you want, right? Yeah, you could. They might not like actually like subtitles. Actually, he is only this (laughs) (laughs) and just goof on him the whole time. Yeah, The votes were kind of, I, based on the setup, I was kind of surprised that it was all votes for Sammy. Clearly, they just didn't show us the last couple conversations before going to tribal because we were set up that the last thing we heard was that Carla was going to be left out of the out of the vote. She was going to vote for Cassidy, and everyone just voted for Sammy mm. instead. Yeah. Right? Did, sorry, so did we for sure see Carla's vote going to Sammy as well? Well, there were no votes for Cassidy. Yeah. Right. The right. four votes that were read were all Sammy's. If there had been any for Cassidy or anyone else, they would have been read. Interesting. Yeah. Vote. So they were all votes for Sammy. Yeah. And then obviously that's six. And then Sammy's vote didn't get, didn't get, didn't get placed. 
People's exits, though, I find are a big tell. Like, I I appreciated Sammy's exit. Like, he, I don't know, as much as I, I felt like I was kind of annoyed with his inability to have a strong alliance or, like, to really pair up with someone, he just was lighthearted on his exit, which yeah. I, I thought was nice. Like, he said something like, come visit me in Vegas, but not on a Sunday because I'll be at church or something. It was nice. He yeah. just seemed yeah. like he was having a good time. So he was. He was. That was a but- nice I think a big downfall is he was always trying to work with and comfort those who were on the bottom and on the outs Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not, he didn't, he never was working with the power players in the game and therefore was not able to get a footing in the game when he's purposefully putting himself in that type of situation. Mm. Yeah. He can be proud of his game. His mom will be proud of him uh, and he'll have a great story to tell, but, yeah, really no good. Con- for Sammy. No, yeah, no Tesla. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it is confessional. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have the million. That's a very youthful statement because just take the million, man, and figure it out when you get home. So, <laughs> but he can be proud of his game for sure. Um, but we, uh, we're we're coming to the end of this episode. But we guys only two weeks left. Yeah, next week the final yeah. six, and then the finale, final yeah. five. And really, as we said already, some strong, strong contenders. We have no idea at this point who a heavy favorite might be. Uh, I'm excited for it. Tori, do you guys have any big plans for a finale watch party? Do you go down to the town square and watch on the big screen? <laughs> no, that's a little tricky when you got little ones and you that's <laughs> can't right. leave the house. So Dev and I will do our own little watch party here. And yeah, it's usually our, we usually save it for Friday night. That's our Friday night thing that we look forward to. So interesting. Nice. So this week you had to, we record here on Thursdays. So yes. you ruined our Friday night date. Ruin. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, now Devin no, can take you out for a nice but... steak dinner tomorrow instead. Perfect. So. I can take that swap. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you uh, for being on here, Tori. I know you're a big fan. Yes. We love to have you on Survivor at Home and just love your your takes on this. And again, just for those who are listening, who are, who are on the fence, just as Tori said earlier, just a great weekend for yourself if you're considering survivor at home.com you can follow us online right jordan yeah everyone head to the website uh sign up for survivor at home five you might even get play get there playing against tori or dev maybe you never know (laughs) well thank you guys and we will see you next week for the final six on survivor 43